What's going on, y'all? This is Mike Brown, and I just wanted to welcome everybody back to The Art of Letting Go. I know it's been a minute. We all been on break, but we here together. So while I got your attention, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. Like it. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Let other people know what you think. Um, share it with your friends. Share it with your loved ones. Share it with people that you think would just benefit from it. I appreciate y'all so much for being here. And this is the art of letting go. But um, yeah, that kind of makes me want to like be vulnerable at work, just maybe about how I'm feeling, just to like let people know that I'm still human. You know what I mean? Level setting is so big, and yeah. to share to share with your peers about what you're going through and experiencing, and even if nobody else is starting that conversation. To be the one to start it and realize that other people are absolutely experiencing the same thing, it's totally humanizing, but it also helps build a community around how to get through it. Like, what's some, what are some ways you're doing it? Like, did you get a dog? Did you, you know what I'm saying? Like, watch your little niece for a little while? Or, you know, did you, did you, listen, to, did you listen to Henry from Jane Henry and start doing mushrooms and smoking weed? <laughs> like, what did you do? <laughs> oh, shit. That's hilarious, man. Yeah. Um, I'm just appreciating that we having this conversation because the world has just been feeling weird. And everybody I've talked to lately has been just feeling weird about things. And I think, yeah, I think people just need to just get some some good, dope, positive energy just floating through them because yeah like I even myself I was feeling weird in the world like man shit just feel weird right now to the point like I don't even know what I'm really feeling like let me let me sit back for a second and just sit uncomfortable process yeah because this shit just it it ain't what none of us imagine you know what I mean like I can't nobody imagine but it's like okay you gotta adapt and you gotta accept and once you do it's like all right, let's fucking just walk in this light and like, you know, glow. <laughs> That's right. That's right, bro. I love how you just said that too. Let's just walk in this light and glow. You know what? You know what? If if you're in a if you're in a dark room, bro, and you can't see, you better yeah. be on light. You gotta yeah. be on light. Yeah, man. You can't you can't be depend on nobody to be that light except for you. And like sometimes, bro, it starts with you. It's it's exciting times too right now too you know like it feels good just you know even though shit could feel crazy it still feels good to like you know to be yourself to know yourself and shit it's like cool like it's okay still like I'm okay being me and what everything that's going on like 100% at least that's not a stress of mine like (laughs) bro bro you remember that you remember that kind of like that figuring it out period where you're just like, oh, who yeah. am I? Like what? <laughs> like, you know, all, answering all the questions of the universe about self, bro. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to be in a space and everything like that where you're not worried or concerned about that. But like where you're very comfortable, where you feel good or you know what you're going to do when you don't feel good about your wins and your losses in life. Just dealing with people and everything that's very important for just like day-to-day happiness and management i will say that so i know we're talking about like pandemic pandemic woes and everything like that 
And um, I was talking about how people have been dealing with it. How, what, 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 what new skill did you pick up, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> in, in that time to yourself? Shit, I would say probably taking care of a dog. Word. And that's like, in the last two months, that's like the biggest one, because I just got a dog two months ago, and I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't even like pets. Like, I'm being honest with you. I did not like pets. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got a dog. And sometimes I still feel like that today. Like, damn, like, I have a dog for two months, and I haven't, like, done anything. Like, I haven't lost it or anything. Like, <laughs> so that, that was really cool. Um, I created a lot of shit that I, like, I feel good about that. Um, wrote a lot of, like, poetry and short stories and shit. Painted a lot. Oh, that's really dope, man. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Like nice. all that stuff, all that stuff really felt good to me. Took a lot of Polaroid pictures. Um, I'm working on a book for the pandemic, like just of all the shit I created, just like just like a time capsule of like, hey, this is what was this is what some human being was going through during this time. Because like, you know, I don't even feel like I'm really creating it for right now. Like I feel like I'm creating it for like the future like you know like motherfuckers look back at like the 70s and the 50s and shit and they want to know what happened here's as honest as somebody could give you here you go <laughs> you know one day bro one day bro we're gonna be sitting on one of those uh hbo specials those yeah. discovery channel specials and everything and we're gonna talk about 2020 and 2021 exactly. like what was life like during the pandemic <laughs> and i i want i want to be a part of the conversation because i'm like this motherfucker was live as fuck. If you was living, you was living. Cause you was living and you was appreciating it too. Yeah. Just a little, just a little bit, just a little bit more than you were before. If you are breathing right now, today, through the pandemic, especially if you know people that were close to you that have been impacted by COVID and all the complications of COVID and all that, bro. It's a it's a thank you, God, thank you, universe, whoever you're whatever you're thanking. It's a thank you. Yeah. Please believe that. The yeah. pandemic, the pandemic, if nothing else, taught me that the true meaning of tomorrow is not promise. I had an uncle on the ventilator for about three months to a point where like I cried one day. I was like, man, I'm gonna have to go to like the homie funeral. Like this is this is this is like one of my uncles and everything like that, man. Like once you start getting up there in age a little bit, not that I'm telling my age, but once you start getting a little bit more mature and everything like that, you know, you start looking around and you're just like, man, I, it's not, it's not a whole lot of y'all left. Yeah. <laughs> and so you start appreciating people more. You start appreciating yourself more. You start appreciating like little things like, man, I never go out and say I was boring or anything else again. Yeah. <laughs> after being, after being like inside long enough, you know? You start to appreciate people in crowds a little bit more. Maybe not right now because the variants have started going <laughs> wild. So it's back to the mask for sure. <laughs> for sure. But the conversations have been interested around kind of like the whole vaccination conversation and everything. Um, you know, I have like some people, some of my friends like asked me like why I got it. And I was like, I, my, my parents are, are mature. Um, yeah. I wanted to see my parents and I wanted them to feel safe and comfortable around me and everything. So yeah, no, I, I, I did it. I did it for my people. Yeah. I feel you. Um, 
that was kind of what my decision was as well. Like that and travel for me, just because I felt like, and this is the funny thing. I asked because I was I was hesitant. I ain't gonna lie, I was hesitant. Yeah. But I asked everybody around me because I do trust the people around me. So I'm like, why are you getting it? Why aren't you getting it? Because I had people that were and weren't getting it. And I listened to everybody's reason. And everybody's reason was something different, but it was yeah. something that was true to them. And I had to figure out what's true for me. And if this is true for me, let me just follow it. You know what I'm saying? And I can't lose with, with the truth, you know? And you can't, you can't that, lose with the truth. In, Amen. In love, you know, like you said, like yeah. you made this decision out of love. You didn't make it out of fear. You made it out of yeah. love. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It was a little bit of fear. I was afraid of getting the shit. Like, like you know, like you said, I, I but wanna, I, I want to travel a little bit. In you there, made man. that decision because you wanted to be around your family. You know what I mean? Like that's that's one hundred percent decision. Like one hundred percent. You know. Yeah, my I, my mom, dad, my sisters, and 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 even like growing family, right? So like you know some of the growing family, Mike, and and like that's beautiful, like yeah. just to watch that. Yeah, and um, also just to be safe around them and everything as well. Yeah. No, I feel you. You know, yeah, I, be, I became a great uncle this year. I, I want to see the baby at some point. <laughs> right. Yeah. So y'all intro us in, and then that's. We just gonna go. We just gonna go. Let's do it, man. Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is the art of letting go. Today, I have a special guest in the building. Um, we met at first guest of the show. I, I have to say that because she was the first guest, and at one point, the highest views on the show. But we met at Jackie's birthday party, and uh, man, like we, I think we just chopped it up for a little while. And you told me about your company, which we're gonna get into as well. And um, you let me sample a product, which I really truly enjoyed. <laughs> Appreciate that, fam. <laughs> but just talking about like just the stuff that you were into and interested in, like that was what really made me want to get you on the show. Um, do you mind introducing yourself to the people? Not at all. Um, I am John Henry. I'm the Henry and James Henry SF, uh, co-founder and COO. We are a, a Black-owned cannabis company here in California. And uh, I'm so excited to be on the show with you, Mike. And to your point earlier, um, it was just a natural vibe and everything like that when we sat down and when we met with Jackie. Uh, shout out to Jackie and everything like that, because she is a little connector. Like, she's a total little vibe, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, so you have a company called John Henry, which is... Jack, is J James Henry. Henry. I'm sorry, James Henry. You are John James, James Henry. Henry. Yeah. <laughs> and is it medical, like medical marijuana? Like, do you put that title on or just, just marijuana... I would call it, um, I would call it more of a, a cannabis wellness lifestyle. Um, and, and so where we, where, why we call it cannabis wellness, um, incorporating it with the lifestyle component is that we responsibly show consumers and patients how to medicate throughout the day. And when we say medicate throughout the day, uh, we worked with the Knox family, a group of medical doctors 
um, an endocannabinologist in the space that sat down with us and really helped us with our formulations so that we understood that different ratios of cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids um, would affect the body and the endocannabinoid system in a different way. Um, so that's why today we are uh, cannabis products here in California. Tomorrow, um, James Henry as a whole lifestyle wellness component with cannabis, um, with psilocybin and with um, different natural herbs and things from the earth that basically do the same thing that opioids and other designer drugs do um, that are just kind of running rampant in the streets right now in America. That's really dope. Um, how did you get into the cannabis wellness uh, industry? Like what inspired you to get into it? Well, my business partner, um, his name is James Victor. And so it's funny how we came up with James Henry because we both have this very mature um, kind of like lifestyle aesthetic to us. Like, um, for example, I'm, I'm very much so a, a, a person who likes to enjoy kind of like a giant, a, a joint or a blunt at the end of the day um, with a glass of um, a cognac or like a nice scotch or something like that. And the reason why I like to do that is because I've kind of like found these happy mediums in which I don't need a lot of one or the other. Um, but I found kind of like my own little natural curve in terms of this is kind of like my cocktail for how I relax in, in the evening. And I get really inspired when I do that. Um, I, I, I cook a lot. You know, I, 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 I cook and I bake cakes and things like that. And so it's, it's inspiring for me. But that will add kind of like the background to how I got into cannabis in the first place. I was first a consumer. Um, and upon, consum upon consumption and everything, I, I realized that, um, you know, I just slept better at night. I was in a much better mood and everything like that. You know, the stresses of the day just didn't wear on me as much. Um, and coming from the military and everything, my mind is always going. So I'm pretty sure that's where like some of the anxiety started. But after living about five years in New York and everything, um, I moved to Oklahoma for a career augment um, in engineering. So I got my Lean Six Sigma black belt um, when I was working for Whirlpool in Oklahoma, but I also had a breast cancer scare with my mother. Um, cancer has been one of those things that's kind of like plagued my family in Louisiana, just on like both sides. Um, my father is a cancer survivor as well, um, doing just fine, thank God. Um, and so is my mother, cancer survivor, um, after a, a scare with that. And it was one of those things where I didn't want my mother at the time to go through you know, like, you know, chemotherapy or anything like that. I just felt like it was really it was really harsh um, and having watched it so many times before and everything, I just didn't like the numbers behind it. Um, I don't, I don't really get like too emotional or, or personal with kind of like some of those decisions, like numbers say. Right. And so I actually did a lot of research um, about cannabis killing cancer cells. And so this was during the time where NBC was running specials. I think Colorado had, reported a surplus in like their state taxes. So they were giving refunds to like their, their residents and things like that. But they were also talking about cannabis from a medical standpoint. And I'm like, you're talking about, I'm like, you're talking about this weed, like medical. I was like, y'all locking people up for this. Wait a minute. It's that conversation with myself. Um, so as I started doing my research and everything, I went about it from kind of like an analytical numbers perspective, all these YouTube videos of, 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 seizure patients and, and other types of uh, cancer patients talking about high dosage um, cannabis oil and high con highly concentrated cannabis um, that was helping shrink tumors, that was helping stop seizures, that was doing the whole myriad of kind of medicinal things that being 
you know, a native from Louisiana, I was just totally ignorant about. Like I, I realized when I talked to a lot of my, my my peers and my friends and everything that live here in California, you know, they're just like, we have been doing this like from the beginning of time. And I'm just like, y'all have not been sharing, <laughs> you know, that type of conversation. But to see where it was, I, I actually went to my mother and I was just like, now, I really want you to have an open mind about it. And I prayed about it before I had the conversation with them. I told her, like, you know, if you go to the doctor and they tell you that, you know, they want you to do this chemo thing, like I, I, I'm looking for a job in California so that you can come out there with me and we can try to find like a doctor that can treat you with high dose cannabis. And I use the word cannabis because marijuana, the term has been demonized from the war on drugs and, and, and reefer madness and so forth. So we we use the 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 scientific word cannabis a lot more just so that we can kind of help steer away from that negative stigma that still exists out there about cannabis or marijuana. It's the same plant. But the thing about it is that I realized and, and James realized that we needed to destigmatize and reimagine the way that people were utilizing cannabis, the way that cannabis, when used in the right dosages with the right ratios of different naturally occurring compounds in the plant, they do the exact same thing that some of the designer drugs or some of the opioid drugs out there do. So for example, we really look at cannabis as a really great alternative to kind of like a Prozac or even like a, 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 a um, what is it? The Zan, the, uh, the bars, I forget the name of it. Um, Xanax, there you go. So we, we really see different applications of cannabis being really great natural comparables to like those type of designer drugs out there. Um, and I say designer drugs because, you know, it's one of those things like when you're, you're walking around and you're in New York with your peers and everything like that, you realize how much as a society, we're just giving pills for everything. But what we don't realize is the long-term effects of certain, you know, um, long-term usages of those drugs. And to be quite honest with you, like the drug manufacturers don't even know themselves the way that they rush things to like FDA approval sometimes, you know? Um, so that was the passion behind kind of building James Henry and, and getting into the cannabis space. You know, the, just a lot of different conversations. Like we were very fortunate that my mom um, only needed a couple of rounds of radiation after they removed like the mask and everything. Um, it was such an early find, uh, very blessed in that regard. But now I had all this, this knowledge and information and everything. Um, and James and I had like a lot of conversations and dialogue back and forth about, you know, how we would build a cannabis brand, what that would look like, what the mission of the brand would be. Um, and we, we, we definitely accomplished that and found that with James Henry. That's what's up, man. Um, what is it like for you being a black man in this space? Like I told you earlier, like it's really dope to have met you and to see you with your own business in that space, because, uh, I mean, I think so many of us, could like really like get into being in the business, but there's never really been, like I've, ne I've never, I don't know of any like black people that are, you know, in that business, but to actually meet somebody it's like, oh, this is dope, you know? That's dope, man, that's love. And I, I appreciate that. Like um, we're working hard every day and everything. So like sometimes like we, we forget kind of like about like that external view and everything from the industry's perspective. And we are in an industry where, um, you know, the ownership is, is reported um, maybe about four to five percent uh, minority owned, and so when you start throwing into the mix different data points about how even in legalized states, um, black and brown communities are still being, you know, targeted um, for cannabis enforcement, and it comes from 
you know, the need for uh, the war on drugs rhetoric from the Reagan era to just kind of like die down um, a lot more. But you have more states at the same time legalizing and having like the right conversations around, okay, we have these recordings and we know that the war on drugs was basically meant to criminalize black and brown communities, hippie communities, anti-war communities and so forth, right? So we're having this conversation about legalizing this federally and on top of legalizing this federally, we need to figure out how we're gonna expunge these individuals at the same time. So my hat is off to cities and, and states, cities like Oakland, states like California that started cannabis equity programs, um, which is meant to kind of help communities that were impacted by the war on drugs, um, and specifically those that were incarcerated, of course. And it provides licensing um, preference as well as licensing and grant support in states like California. Um, and those type of programs are absolutely necessary. And we hope to see that at the federal level because over 50%, if I'm not mistaken, of the individuals that are incarcerated for cannabis possession or, or, or uh, petty sales and so forth are from black and brown communities. And so we see the negative impact on that and where we are as a multi-billion dollar industry today and why I'm that's very important that we focus on that and we continue to focus on that in legislation. Um, so I will, I, I will tell you that that's a lot of our biggest conversation that we're having right now um, and that we're gonna continue to have um, because as we continue to grow as a business, like we would love to see James Henry be able to reach back to the communities even more and help those individuals and those people that wanna start businesses and become entrepreneurs. And that comes a lot from my own backgrounds and story as well. Like I still remember how afraid I was to, to jump out, right? This black, this, this black man, this black corporate engineer, right? I, I was working with people that had never seen a black engineer before sometimes, man. Yeah. Um, believe it or believe it or not. And uh, that, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not this ancient guy. I'm like 35, right? Yes. So to still hear those conversations in the 2000. 15s and the 2016s and everything like that you, you know it, it was it was absolutely crazy to me and the weight on me um as a black man in cannabis to just make sure that that story is told in a way that resonates with a lot of individuals but also letting a lot of individuals know that for me it's not just about cannabis as a multi-billion dollar industry it's about the opportunity to work in an industry where I could work with my people in my communities and try to uplift and, and, and try to show my communities that, hey, this this cannabis entrepreneurship thing, it's real. Yeah. All that all that property that you might have or like um, or, or my access, like like family, like capital and things like that. It is real. And when I say it is real, it is an opportunity to become a part of other black and brown entrepreneurs that are out here working to do incredible things. Just like I was uh, telling you earlier about um, Josephine and Billy's, a, a black woman owned dispensary that's opening here in Los Angeles. You know, part of Whitney and her story is that I wanted to change corporate culture and I'm going to do that by creating my own, right? Yeah. And those are like higher level conversations that are happening in cannabis that may turn out to produce a work regiment and an operating procedure that corporations such as Amazon and Microsoft may adopt because of the improved 
productivity and because of the increased work culture and dynamic that results from those type of conversations. And it's happening in cannabis. You know, these are these are workforce development. These are company culture conversations like these are Fortune 500 conversations that they send expensive consultants into these type of companies to have conversations about. Right. Yeah. And so it's great to see that coming from a black woman. It's great to to see myself and my business partner and like some of the other co-founders of the companies that we work with in the Bay Area. Um, it's great to see the type of leadership that wants to create change, not just internally in their companies, but in their communities. And so that's that's what it's like for me, just being a black man, like working in the industry. It's about making sure that I have a good story to tell that I created like a great business and that I had a great exit just so that I can be an example for my nephews and for my great nephew now, you know, um, and for everybody that comes behind me, my own children and everything one day, God willing, and all of that. Um, so it's a weight to bear, man. And I will honestly admit that like it's it's heavy, but yeah. it's not any heavy, it's not any heavier than something like that again, corporate ladder stress that I'm worried about. You know, what's the next right career move for me? Like, what's the next, you know what I'm saying? Like thing I need to say to my VP so I can get this raise type conversation. You know, now I'm driving my own raises. Yeah. Um, that's really dope. And also also made me want to ask like how do you how do you stay on track with what you're doing? Like how do you stay focused and trust and believe like this is what you're supposed to be doing? Like like because to me, it seems like you are you are following something that you believe. And it's like, how do you trust that without saying, oh, let me go back to corporate America. Or let me, you know, like during even during like those, I guess those tough periods, like how do you just stick through with it? There are some tough periods too. It's not always, um, <clears throat> it's not always sunshine and joints, that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I will admit that it just the drive that I have for it, man, and, and where I want to go. I just, I don't want to know failure anymore. Um, I, I didn't want to with, with my business and everything like that either. And so the drive really comes from um, the love of the industry and what cannabis can do. I mean, cannabis and, and what we focus on in James Henry is the art of communication, which is why I like the, the branding. Um, it's one of James's paintings. It's this big five by six painting. Um, it's actually on display at the Apothecarium in San Francisco. But um, it's this big five by six painting of two birds talking to one another. And that's the image that you see on our packaging. Yeah. And it's basically and it's basically one bird communicating with the other. Um, and it's to focus on the art of communication and community in that, you know, sometimes we 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 low we lose or that we've lost over time. But um, cannabis is one of those things where it didn't matter what type of color you were, what type of sex you were, what political view were you, you, you were kind of spewing at the time. What mattered was that we could all sit down and enjoy kind of like the, the, the gift of the earth together um, in cannabis. And then we and so um, that's why we use the imagery that we do and why we tell the story that we tell. So when you start talking about. Um, What was I talking about, actually? <laughs> um, overcoming challenges, even during like overcoming, yes. overcoming challenge, overcoming challenges in the tough time and everything like that. But I was talking about the love, like for the, just the industry and what we think that cannabis can do. Before I started plugging James Henry and going on my rant, 
but um <laughs> but you have to um for me i had to i had to find balance you know um there was definitely one of those things where um meals were becoming kind of like scarce for me and and i stepped on the scale one day and it was just like holy shit i need to eat you know one of those type of conversations um and so with that you start realizing how much more important like your overall health is and you also start incorporating that with your day-to-day because -day. it's like when you're just entrepreneur on the go and everything there's no days off you know this is a sunday through sunday job you know 20 36 hours away i mean 36 36 hours a day you know that type of thing yeah. but being able to find that balance and waking up in the morning and getting exercise so that you're balancing your hormones so that you're balancing like your body your body chemistry and everything that became really important for me um you know and i just recognized that from like having some time in the gym consistently and then being able to go to work and just like work through kind of like my stress situations better and everything um you have to really love it i know that i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing because i, I feel it right like I've always felt good in like my careers and 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 in my job paths and everything, and you know I'm a I, I'm a veteran. I, I I flew for the Navy after college and everything, which is also very cool. So I've done some cool things there, and I've also done cool things in engineering where I've seen manufacturing like, you know, to no no scale, right? Um, and then you know to know that there's even bigger out there, um, it's just amazing to me, just as an engineer and just like as that person. But you know, in terms of really loving the job day in and day out. Like, even if I'm tired and everything like that, it's more one of those conversations. It's like, well, you better go get some coffee or you need to go to sleep at night, one or the other. It's, it's never like one of those things where it's just like, I don't want to go. Yeah. Um, I always want to go, right? And it's not just to, to, to smoke weed or anything like that. It's to interact and engage with more people in the community that are really concerned about sustainability issues in the industry. It's great to interact and engage with peers and everything like that that's on like the same drive and path as you are where it's just like if i walk out and everything it's just like my turban looking crazy and you know they're like you okay buddy I'm like come on let's fix you up all right you ready all right we'll we'll smoke later okay you know it's one of those type of things and like we just take care of each other like that yeah so that's what's up um something that popped in my head like the whole time we've been talking um do you see yourself as a healer um i will tell you i might not see myself as a healer do i feel like my, my my products though and what i'm doing is actually healing people absolutely um and the reason why i say that is because we get an opportunity to sometimes see the the comments and some of the feedback that comes in on so, on the social media or just from um some of our consumers like commenting about um, the products on our page our website and the stories that I've read um, about what the focus formulation in particular has done for different people with anxiety or different people with ADD, ADHD, um, that's been hard. That's been heartwarming. And it's days like that and it's comments that I read and everything that really add meat to what I'm doing. But in terms of, of, of considering myself a healer and everything like that, I will tell you that I am. Um, young black man out here just trying to make sure that um what i experience with cannabis what my business partner experiences with cannabis um that we influence it in a positive light so that we can continue to change that negative stigma around what a black man is supposed to look like in cannabis that's what's up man that's what's up um 
So this one is probably like a two-part question, but being an entrepreneur, because I've been thinking about this for myself, but what does success feel like for you? I would say day-to-day success feels like um, all my orders went out. We got no complaints, got good feedback from my buyers and our customers. Um, that's like a day-to-day win for me um, in terms of success. What success probably looks like for me personally and everything is um, making sure that I have a good exit for my initial investors and for the investors that believed in us, um, that actually pumped money into our company and everything. Uh, one is a Mexican doctor in, in Texas. The other is a, a Nigerian um, origin American doctor in Texas as well. And I can honestly say without those individuals that believed in the mission that we were doing, um, in addition to the Knox family, um, I can honestly say that it would have been a lot harder for James and I to go on this path together. But what success looks like for us is a good exit for our investors. Um, the amount of money that we make off of this is our first, you know, we, of course, everybody wants to make money, but it's not, it's not as essential as like making sure that um, those people that believed in us were t- are taken care of first and foremost. Yeah. And so that's a that's a good exit. How that exit looks for us as a company, um, whether or not we um, continue to maintain control of kind of like the day to day operations and where the company is going, or whether or not we um, have really good operating procedures in place, really good revenue on the books, and you know, we sell to like Jeff Bezos or like some of the other players that are lobbying for this federal legalization right now. Um, but Jeff, if you're listening, we're right there in Oakland. You can come on, see us. And just have, if you just want to talk, <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> Man, I hope Jeff Bezos has do hear this shit. <laughs> like, Jeff, I'm, like Jeff, I'm watching you. You trip the face and everything, man. I'm just like, <laughs> just to sit in your presence. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, oh, man. What advice would you give to some? Like, what's one piece of advice you would give to somebody trying to get into the industry? The one piece of advice I would give to people trying to get into the industry is to take a look at emerging markets. Yeah. Um, you know, California, everything is expensive in California. Um, but if you start to take a look at emerging markets like New Jersey, um, even what's going on in Florida, and even what's you know going on in Louisiana and Texas, Texas probably a little bit slower. You know, it looks like Louisiana already has uh, legislation on the books for, um, you know, what a recreational um, or forgive me, what an adult use um, cannabis program could look like for the state. And I think that's very monumental, um, you know, for for thinking down there in Louisiana. So I think that um, there is more meat to gain in emerging markets just because there's less capital required, less capital required, less people you owe money and everything, you know, know, the more comfortable you, you sleep at night. Um, I will also tell anybody that's looking to get into the space not to, um, get bogged down and, you know, saying that it's, uh, not possible or saying that it's like overregulated or whatever. It's actually not, there's some additional regulation and everything, but it's, it's nothing more or less than what, you know, restaurants are doing or any other of the industries have to go through, you know, um, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to find people to work with, uh, make sure you get, make sure you get your paperwork. That's the number one. Make sure that, you know, you have good business partner relationships and everything and 
make sure that there's a, a good entrance, make sure that there's a good exit. What happens, you know, if we wake up in the morning and, you know, I hate to look at your face type conversations. Like, you know, when you go into friends, when you go into business with friends, they don't mind having those conversations and putting stuff like that in place. So um, that's that's a good nugget to drop there. But in terms of actually entering the industry, take a look at emerging markets. Um, take a look at all the uh, licensing requirements for the states and everything. And just know that, hey, uh, you know, Bill Gates didn't stay in the garage building whatever he was building, you know, and overnight. It just it, it, it does take a little while and you got to be patient and you got to be committed. So if you're going to do it, make sure that, you know, you've done some pre-planning, make sure you got, you know, three months of finances and everything in place. Um, I might not have had three months. I might have had like one and a half, two. But, um, you know, there's one of those things where the timing was right and everything. I had some, some good people to back us up. So it was it was good. That's dope, man. Um, what's yeah. one piece of advice you want to give to entrepreneurs? Current entrepreneurs out there, y'all, we gotta we gotta take time off. All right, we gotta walk the dog a little bit more. We gotta rub on him a little bit more. You know, I've had my little dog since he was four months old. I got him when I was in the Navy, and um, you know, he's about to be thirteen in December. And um, you know, sometimes it's like heartbreaking to look down there and see them little cataracts on his eyes and everything. And it's just like literally, I'm watching kind of like the reverse of this. I, still remember when you couldn't bark, you know? Um, so take time on the little things and um, make sure that you're exercising, that you're eating properly. Um, don't take any of that for granted, right? Um, make sure that you're actually taking that time to go to the dentist, go get your checkups from the doctors. Um, make sure you're going out there and dancing. You know, I'm, I must admit between Los Angeles and the Bay Area and everything, you know, i find a house music in a park situation or like something with some club lights and, and some bass hits and uh, it's therapeutic, you know, um, just making sure that you're finding that balance in that center and your physical, your mental um, and your business space is like very important. And what you'll find is that when you force yourself to do that, um, you get innovation from all these different places. Um, you're in a much better mood. Your head is clearer. Um, and that's what really puts you in a position to create, to be innovative and to get your money. So, man, I got two more questions for you. Um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? One piece of advice I would give to younger John. Hmm. One piece of advice I would give to younger John. Outside of outside of starting your lock journey, your, your lock journey earlier in life, <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely tell my younger self to don't be don't don't be afraid to to don't be afraid to not be afraid of, of like what anybody else is saying. Just do your thing, and uh, I think that that piece of advice to me at a younger self would have really made me a little bit more aggressive and kind of like my leadership. Um, it definitely would have made me a little bit more outgoing um, and, and in some areas that I probably needed to be a little bit more outgoing in earlier. Uh, I can honestly say that at this point in my life and just really embodying doing me, 
Um, I've never been happier in my life. So just to have been able to get to that happiness a little bit faster. I think that's the, the, the efficiency in me thinking about that. Yeah. That's what's up. And what is one reminder? If you could give your future self a reminder, what would it be? If I could give my future self a reminder, you should have gotten that crypto and Bitcoin shit a little earlier. <laughs> I mean that. And the reason why I say it is because it definitely was the hit that Apple and Microsoft, like the whole dot-com, you were, like, I don't even remember when people were getting rich on like the dot-com thing, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. now I look back at it and I was just like, I remember what I was doing around that time. And it was like, I turned and looked at like moms and dads, like, why didn't y'all get me on the Microsoft and the, and the Apple shit? Like, we could have been rich. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so if I could go back to my... If I could give my future self a reminder and everything like that, you know, just like, hey, you should have got in on that Bitcoin and crypto shit a little earlier. <laughs> That's funny. Man, John, where can the people find you? You guys can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, J Alston, J A L S T O N 360. Um, that's my personal. But make sure you go and you follow the business at James Henry SF. That's J A M E S H E N R Y S F, as in San Francisco. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can also find us on jameshenrysf.com. If you are in the state of California, which hopefully most of you are, if you go to ease.com and click on their social equity partners link, James Henry has flower on ease today. If you keep on following us, we'll have more products on there shortly. And of course, our stronghold right now is in the Bay Area. You can find us in the apothecariums. You can find us in um, Halberhart in Oakland. You can find us in some more dispensaries throughout San Francisco. And we are expanding right now in the LA area. So you will be able to find us on shelves soon. That's what's up, man. That's so dope. Thank you. We appreciate that. And you and, and you had some good feedback and everything for me. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I always love when people give me good feedback and everything on the product. You know, we put a lot of attention into how we select our flower, working with sun-grown farmers, mostly in so and NorCal. Um, you know, they say the best weed comes from NorCal, and I can honestly admit. I don't care what I'm smoking at in Cali. Cali just got that good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. Man, John, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, man. Much love. Um, I know you got my perspective on James Henry and everything like that. If you're looking for more guests, I forge you my business partner. Um, he is yeah. a hey, he's a Haitian descendant from uh brooklyn originally and so it's it's interesting to kind of like hear my take on cannabis and everything and then hear his take on kind of like his whole journey as well so yeah that's what's up man yeah definitely please put us in contact definitely we'll do my man all right john man thank you and thank y'all for listening this is mike brown and this is the art of letting go peace Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. 
if you like what you heard, please be sure to like, subscribe, share this podcast wherever you think people could get access to it, man. I'm trying to grow this thing. So with your help, I know I can. Um, got some new merch coming out. Got all kind of new stuff coming out. We back, baby. Like I said, it's the art of letting go. Thank y'all for tuning in. Get in touch, too. Let me know what y'all think of the show. How you feeling about the show? What you want to hear more of on the show? Got a phone line. Got an email. Got a social media. We here. Hit me up. Peace.